Section 19 of The Seen and the Unseen by Richard Marsh. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sonia. 8. The Diamonds. 3. The Two. My friend, could you tell me just one thing? Ivor Decker glanced down at the speaker. He was a little rotund fellow. He spoke with a strong foreign accent. On his features there was the impress of the German Jew, and not by any means of the highest type of German Jew. He looked oddly out of place in the midst of that gorgeous assemblage, built rather for the purlieus of Houndsditch than for the marquee of Clonkilty's ballroom. Mr. Decker could scarcely believe that the profusely perspiring little man addressed himself to him, but Mr. Fungst removed all misapprehension on that score by twitching Mr. Decker by the lapel of his coat. He repeated his inquiry. My friend, could you tell me just one thing? If it is in my power, could you tell me which is the Duchess of Datchet? The Duchess of Datchet. Ivor Decker smiled outright. The idea of there being any possible association between that oily Houndstitch Hebrew and the latest and brightest queen of the London season, the bride of but a month or two, struck him as too ludicrous. Mr. Decker was possessed of that rare attribute, a sense of humour. A wicked idea entered his head. Are you a friend of her graces? I am not a friend exactly, but there is a little business which I wish to do with her. A little business in the Marquis of Clonkilty's ballroom with the queen of hearts mr decker's eyes wandered round the room they passed from dancer to dancer at last they rested upon one as they did so he raised his hand to his moustache possibly to conceal the smile which he could not restrain you see that lady over there there are so many ladies upon my soul i never see so many ladies the lady in the dark green dress with the nose-glasses. The old girl with the moustache? Precisely, the old girl with the moustache. Mr. Decker's smile almost expanded into a grin. That is the Duchess of Datchet. Without a word of thanks, Mr. Fungst strode off. He ploughed his way through the dancers without paying the slightest regard to the evolutions they were attempting to perform mr decker watched him go with a degree of delight which seemed on the point of producing an inward convulsion all at once mr fungst pulled up right in front of a couple they both were young who seemed in blissful enjoyment of the waltz she hasn't got it on so help me sir the young gentleman whose path he had impeded addressed him with a degree of scorn which was intended to be crushing Mr. Fungst was not at all abashed. I wasn't speaking to you, my friend. Then to himself, still audibly, Mein God, if she has lost it. Striding forward, he caught a lady by the arm. She had on a dark green dress. She wore a pair of nose-glasses. More than the suggestion of a moustache adorned her upper lip. She was beginning to be stricken in years, but that did not prevent her waltzing, with apparent enjoyment with a gentleman who seemed at least ten years her junior she and her partner were still moving to the rhythm of the music when mr fungst caught her by the arm excuse me my name is fungst jacob fungst 
there is a little word i wish to speak to you just now the lady stopped startled she turned when her glance fell on mr fungst it had to fall some distance she drew herself up and shuddered as though she had come into sudden contact with an iceberg who is this person fungst explained the owner of that name there is just a little thing about which i wish to speak to you two words outside the lady addressed her cavalier will you please take me away this person is a stranger to me he took her away as mr fungst continued to stare after the retreating pair someone touched him on the shoulder it was a young gentleman who wore a single eyeglass it is not impossible that he had been commissioned by mr ivor decker who is the soul of mischief don't you think you're rather blocking the way what is it you want i wish to say just two words to the duchess of datchet that is not the duchess of datchet the young gentleman drew him aside that is the duchess of datchet as he spoke the music ceased the dance was ended the gentlemen began to lead the ladies to their seats in front of mr fungst there passed a woman who was tall and most divinely fair her hair was of the colour of the rich red gold where its glorious mass was thickest there gleamed the diamond it was the diamond and not the woman which caught the eye of mr fungst mein gott he uttered what seemed to be his favourite imprecation it's changed something seemed to startle him so greatly that he actually allowed the lady to pass and unmolested she leaned on the arm of a gentleman who was not only much taller than herself but in his way as handsome there was probably no handsomer couple in the room and yet the lady seemed ill at ease although the gentleman was smiling at her all the time that was the duchess of datchet observed mr fungst's new acquaintance who had been observing him with unconcealed amusement mr fungst awoke as though from a stupor again there came that adjuration mein gott she's gone she was and before mr fungst caught sight of her again the duchess of datchet's carriage had been called and her grace was in it driving from the ball the duchess had the carriage to herself a gentleman had escorted her to the door as he closed it he murmured just one word remember she leaning forward had replied do you think i can forget as the vehicle passed swiftly through the night if one might judge from the expression on her countenance it did not seem as though she could once she put up her small gloved hands and veiled her face veiled it though there was no one there to see she took a little card from the bosom of her dress it was the programme of the ball it was a white card the back was blank or rather it would have been if it had not been for certain pencil marks the pencil marks were figures on the back of the programme was a little sum in compound addition it was cast up the total was stated the sight of that total seemed to cause her grace discomfort if i could only lay my hand upon the money the carriage reached home as the duchess entered the hall a servant advanced to meet her he addressed the lady in a confidential whisper a gentleman wishes to see your grace he has been waiting more than an hour the duchess shivered she drew her cloak closer round her possibly she felt the air a trifle cold has the duke returned not yet your grace 
show the gentleman into my sitting-room she did not ask the visitor's name but when she was alone in her own apartment she veiled her face with her hands again only for a moment when the door opened all traces of agitation had disappeared there entered a young and comely man who although he was dressed in rough and ready morning costume looked as though he were a man of breeding at sight of him the duchess started it almost seemed as if he were not at all the sort of person she had expected to see she waited for the visitor to speak this the visitor appeared to experience some little difficulty in doing i must crave your grace's forgiveness for my intrusion at this unseasonable hour but circumstances of a peculiar nature he paused in his turn he started his eyes were fixed upon the duchess's head upon the glory of her hair he gave an exclamation of surprise it's changed fungst was right sir the duchess drew back she appeared to find the stranger's demeanour slightly singular as well she might he continued staring at her as though he could not take his eyes away he was all at once possessed with a strange excitement your grace must forgive me if the offer i am about to make to you seems strange as it cannot help but seem if you knew all i am sure you would forgive me i will give you ten thousand pounds for the diamond in your hair you will give me ten thousand pounds for the diamond in my hair half mechanically the lady raised her hand to her head her fingers lighted on the jewel which gleamed among her tresses as they did so and some faint comprehension of the stranger's meaning dawned upon her mind her face became a crimson red my husband's present are you a madman sir or do you purposely insult me that diamond was mine on its possession i had founded all my hopes of fortune it was taken from me by means of a trick perhaps mr brooke thought he spoke the truth one can but hope he did i received for it not a twentieth part of the sum i offer you again he slightly erred but rather than it should be lost to me for ever poor as i am i will give you i will give you twelve thousand pounds twelve thousand pounds her grace's hand was lifted to her corsage possibly it brushed against the ball programme with the compound addition sum upon its back which lay within you will give me twelve thousand pounds she drew a deep breath but but it's absurd who are you sir that you forget who i am what does it matter who i am i am harold brooke i am the modern equivalent of the soldier of fortune and you have my fortune my fortune in your hair twelve did i say i'd give for my fortune back again i'll give you fifteen thousand pounds fifteen thousand pounds her grace's hands veiled her grace's face again am i going mad fifteen thousand pounds she sat down her agitation seemed extraordinary she was positively trembling it is not to be thought of i will give you twenty 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 thousand pounds there was silence mr brooke leaned forward looking down at her she looked up at him 
with her right hand she grasped the upper portion of her corsage this time there was no mistake about it between her fingers she pressed that programme of the ball her face became cold and set she became all at once a little older the character of her beauty seemed to change it was stern and hard your behaviour is that of a madman i am scarcely less mad than you or i should not continue to listen how am i to know that you are not as you very probably are trifling with me all the time promise me that the diamond shall be mine if i bring you the money in the morning twenty thousand pounds twenty thousand pounds twenty i will give you thirty the voice said dirty mr brooks sprang round her grace stood up a little man almost as broad as he was tall was standing at the open door entering he closed the door behind him fangst so brook he said you thought to do me but i am not done so easily my friend how did you get here that is my secret there are more ways than one of getting into the duke of datchet's house my friend the two men stood staring at each other mr brook with clenched fists and a flush upon his face mr fungst with his crush hat under his arm his hands in his overcoat pockets and an ungenial smile upon his lips as for the duchess she stood staring at them both the march of events seemed to have deprived her of a little of her breath when she did speak she addressed herself to mr fungst may i ask sir what is the meaning of this intrusion and who you are i am jacob fungst that's who i am if it was not for me he would not have had the stone at all and when he make a fool of himself and sell it if it was not for me he would not have known what it was that he had sold now when i have found a market for the stone he tries to do me his friend his very good friend indeed out of the market i have found that is why when he say twenty thousand i say thirty and not in the morning but cash down fangst i advise you to be careful i will be careful be easy in your mind i will be careful it is a thing of which i am very fond carefulness mr brooke touched his friend lightly on the shoulder i only seek my share of the spoil your share very good get what share you please it is the same to me it is your behind-the-door ways i do not like mr fungs turned to the duchess he stretched out his hand i have been running after that diamond all through the town yes night and day from the pillar to the post i trace it home to you i learned that it was presented to you this morning to wear to-night at the marquis of clonkilty's ball at the marquis of clonkilty's ball i see it in your hair her grace's bewilderment seemed to be increasing the marquis of clonkilty's ball you yes me i go to the door of the house i ask for you there was a crowd of people they do not seem to understand they say what name i say fungst they show me up the stairs i find myself in the middle of the ball i say to myself this is funny since i am here well i will look for the stone i look for the stone i see it in your hair the sight so surprises me i lose my head when i find it i find you gone 
I come after you. I come here. It take me some time, and a little diplomacy. Mr. Fungst patted his waistcoat pocket to get into the house. It was more trouble, a great deal more trouble, than to get into the Marquis of Clonkilty's ball. But when I do get in, I offer you for the diamond, money down, thirty thousand pounds. Again Mr. Brooke touched his friend upon the shoulder. Fungst, you will have to reckon with me. I will reckon with you, never fear. I will tell the lady why I offer for the diamond thirty thousand pounds. It is a great price, a very great price, to offer for one diamond. It is because I have the other stone just like it, and I wish to make a pair. I will show the other stone to the lady. She will see I tell the truth. Mr. Fungst began groping in the inner pocket of his coat. He produced a little leather bag. It is in this bag. He was holding the bag between the fingers of his right hand. Suddenly, a curious expression began to creep over his features. It is very funny. He hesitated. It is in this bag. He began to untie the cord which bound the neck of the bag. In the midst of the operation, he paused. He felt the contents of the bag with the fingers of either hand. It is... it is very funny. His face assumed a curious leaden hue. It is in this bag. Mr. Brooke advanced. What's the matter, Fangst? It... it is nothing. It... it is very funny. The stone is in this bag. He continued to untie the cord. It was all untied. With peculiar circumspection, he opened the neck of the bag. He peeped within. He continued to peep within, as if to explore its depths were a work of time. He staggered backwards. Mein God! It's gone! I'm robbed! Robbed? cried Mr. Brooke. He took the bag out of Mr. Fungst's unresisting hand. There was a strange expression on his face. There was a curious glitter in his eyes. As he peeped into the bag, he laughed, not pleasantly. <laughs> not robbed, my Fungst. Not robbed. The diamond's here. He turned the bag upside down upon the table. There came out a little mass of tiny sparkling crystals. They formed upon the table a small heap of glittering dust. Mr. Brooke pointed to it with his hand. There's your rose, brilliant Fungst. <laughs> Mr. Fungst came forward. He leaned over the table. He stared at the gleaming atoms. Mein Gott! It's gone off bang! As you say, my Fungst. It has gone off bang. Who was right, my Fungst? Personally, I never knew a diamond which, when attacked by the shivers, sooner or later did not go off bang. I am inclined to wager that even the Duchess of Datchet's beautiful rose brilliant will go off bang. Her grace stared. She had been a mystified spectator of the little scene which had been enacted before her eyes. Indeed, the whole proceedings were mysterious to her. Rose Brilliant? What do you mean? The Rose Brilliant in your grace's hair. There is no Rose Brilliant in my hair. There is only the diamond which my husband gave me. Did not his grace present you with a Rose Brilliant? A Rose Brilliant? No. 
he gave me a white diamond then the transformation has happened since transformation what do you mean she took the jewel out of her hair as her glance fell upon it the fashion of her countenance changed she scarcely seemed to believe the evidence of her own eyes this this is not my diamond mr brooke's laughing eyes were divided between her grace and her grace's jewel i think it is but mine was white and this is red mr fungst's glance was fixed upon the jewel gloating on its beauties so mine was white then it went red now it has gone off bang oh the lovely stone mr brooke laughed softly i am afraid that your grace must permit me to withdraw my offer of twenty thousand pounds or even of ten the diamond beautiful though it is belongs to a rather more speculative class of goods than i quite care to dabble in the duchess still held the jewel in her hand she had never for a moment removed her glance from it it seemed to exercise upon her gaze a sort of fascination it's alive alive mr brooke came nearer mr fungst craned forward they were a curious trio the duchess tones were low and eager something seems to be moving within so there does in mr brooke's voice there was a sound as of laughter it's changing colour mr fungst spoke almost with a gasp forever look out mr brooke spoke just in time there was a little crack the diamond had disappeared three pairs of eyes were still bent upon her grace's hand but it was empty the diamond had gone it's gone off bang what do you mean exclaimed the duchess what has happened when your servants sweep the room in the morning your grace should give them instructions to be careful a diamond which was your husband's present and for which your grace was offered thirty thousand pounds lies in dust upon the floor with his hand mr fungst scraped the perspiration from his brow mein gott it's gone off bang he said end of section nineteen